Jim, 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 Weekend, how are you? Sit back, lower your expectations, and enjoy what is a reasonable facsimile of a show and or podcast. Actually, I like to say what you're listening to is us record a podcast. That's right. What we're doing right now is just recording a podcast on a national radio show. I was talking to my dad. He says, well, I saw a press conference. I I, I was going to make my dad sound like that. Well, you know what? Uh, A press conference. You know what? In Florida, people are are saying that Ron DeSantis is more grounded since he dropped out of the race. Well, you don't have to wear those lifts anymore, I'm guessing. That was obvious. Oh, my dad got... My my point is my dad laughed, all right? And he watches Fox News all the time. Someone donated an antique grenade at a Goodwill in Wisconsin. What did they get for it? I I could donate my show from Tuesday. That was a bomb, wasn't it? And a study says the top reason men hire prostitutes is... I wonder if they got a, like a, what funding they got for it. Does anybody get, want to guess? For sex. What a ghost study. Uh, the second reason is they don't have to lie about wanting something other than, that's right, sex. Way to go, study. Way to go. I'm Jim Richards. It's News Talk tonight on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Here's your host, Jim Richards. I am the host, uh, Jim Richards. Thank you very much for your time. We have lots of things that we want to get to and that we will get to over the course of the next four hours, including in about 45 minutes' time, we'll find out what our friend Richard Krause has for us when we do. Does Richard Krause love these movies? That is all coming up on the broadcast. Jim Richards has issues on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Monday, press conference with the London police. I wanted to go over the reporting. And man, there is nobody. Again, I I feel like... (laughs) I feel, and I don't, you know that I don't. I know, why do I have the music ready to go when I always say I don't want to? Tangerine. I don't want to get off on a tangerine here, but I will. And if I don't want to, why was the music all ready to go? I, uh, (laughs) I feel like there's certain reporters in this country that probably think I want to date them. Because I'm always like going... Oh, man, you're doing a really good job. And I think a couple of them probably think, like, is he is he mocking me? Because he's always like, you're doing a really good job. Oh, man, I just like, I like to be that guy. Tony, you're doing a great job. Noah, you're doing a great job. Christian, you deleted an interview that I did. My God. So angry with him, but I pretended like, oh, it happens, Christian. It happens. I did. <laughs> I did an interview. Like I wanted. I've been working on that interview for years, a couple of weeks, and he deleted part of it that I wanted. Like the only anyway. 
My point is that I, uh, I'm not sure that Rick, if, if I didn't know better, I would think that Rick Westhead probably thinks I wanted to date him. Because, um... I'm just realizing that this is not the topic that I want to be joking around about. But uh, my point is that Rick Westhead is a fantastic reporter, really is. And it's at some, sometimes the stories he has to cover, nobody wants to think that you're heroes. We put athletes probably, I was going to say wrongly or rightly, uh, we put them on a pedestal. And then when they let us down, it hurts. We shouldn't be doing that. But the reporting from yesterday about this case, about the World Junior team from 2018. Well, there's a couple of things. The, the first in the, the documents today is confirmation that each of the five players have been charged with sexual with sexual assault, excuse me, an offense which under the, the Criminal Code of Canada can mean a maximum of 10 years in prison. Uh, we also now know, of course, that Michael McLeod faces a second charge for being a party to. And I spoke to lawyers who specialize in sexual assault cases and asked them to try to put that into common English for us. What does that mean? And they said that that means that the police believe that they can make a case that he was aiding and abetting a sexual assault. Uh, basically. Okay, so all of this to say that something is happening Monday. Monday is the day that the London police will be doing their press conference and we will have Rick's reporting from that day. Well, we know that the London police are going to talk to the public through the media and explain uh, updates on, on the case. Uh, I imagine they're going to get a lot of questions about why this has taken so long to get where we are. And uh, uh, in our past conversation that we had with Rick Westhead, the question I had, and he agreed, is what's different from this investigation to the last investigation when there were no charges? But I bring it up again. I mean, Monday's coming up, so it's still in the news cycle. But today, Gary Bettman said this about um, the whole situation and how it involves NHL players. Finally, as I think everyone knows, all of the NHL players who appear to be subject of indictment are no longer with their teams. And so at this stage, the most responsible and prudent thing for us to do is await the conclusion of the judicial proceedings, at which point we will respond as appropriate at the time. To reiterate, this is the full extent of what I'm comfortable sharing, and anything else would either be speculative or, as I've said before, inappropriate. That's probably the most interesting thing that's going to happen the entire All-Star weekend, which is uh, bad All-Star games. I don't know if you guys want me to count down top All-Star weekends. I, I would think... I'm going to say, because the other All-Star games... I'm off on a tangerine here. So I think Home Run Derby... And slam dunk make basketball and baseball more interesting than I'm sorry. There's not something in hockey. The skills competition in hockey, I think, is boring. Honestly, if we're going to allow fighting in hockey, why isn't that a part of this weekend? I know nobody wants that, and I almost don't want it, but I would watch it. I like. I, I'm not going to condone it, but I'm not going to tell you that my eyeballs wouldn't be on it. Now let's get back to Gary Batten. Uh, was the NHL working on their own investigation? We had concluded the investigatory portion of our process to the extent we could, 
and we were working with the NHL Players Association to analyze the information we had, create a process to move forward, and then determine what was an appropriate response when the news of the impending charges broke last week. So I want to say that he started his press conference. This all-star press conference is sometimes, you know, it's mid-season, state-of-the-league address stuff. And he didn't want to get into a position where he was taking questions from any reporters where he has to freelance and hypothesize. He's just laying down facts as he can, and he can't say a heck of a lot. We had heard similar rumors before about the possibility of charges, none of which had come to fruition. And in this instance, we did not have advance notice from the London authorities. As stated, these investigations were separate from one another. While there are reports of indictments, we have not received official confirmation from the London authorities that five players have been or will be indicted, although it appears from reports that they will be. As such, and if charges are pending, it would be inappropriate to provide further comment on the matter. Okay, so that concludes what the NHL has said about that. And again, he did that in a manner that he started off the press conferences. Here's our statement. There will be no questions. But I lied that that was the highlight of the All-Star Weekend. I lied to you guys. This is Michael Bublé going on and on and then then admitting that he was on mushrooms. Uh, Matt, I'm in more than one hockey league. So, uh, in the LHL, which I'm in with you, I happen to be in fifth place. Uh, even though I had no first overall pick, first pick even, I didn't even have a first rounder, uh, and I still did what I had to do because of my genius. Second, I am first place in the FHL, other hockey, fantasy hockey league. Third, my buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms, and he was lying. So, I'll be honest, I thought I was in blades of glory for most of the time that I was out there, until it sort of settled down, and then I realized, holy, I'm at the NHL All-Star Game. What, Tony? Oh, yeah. Kids do not do what he just did. But still good audio. But do not do that. The rundown is next. It's the iHeart Hawk. It's the iHeart Talk Radio Network. News Talk Tonight is on with your host, Jim Richards, on the iHeart Radio Talk Network. That is true, ladies and gentlemen, the iHeart uh, Talk Radio Network. That is exactly where you are. And a reminder that my arch nemesis. Avery Haynes is going to be on the show a little bit later on. I've had Avery on, and we actually live in the same neighborhood. We exchange texts whenever we see a nun. There are some nuns in our neighborhood, and uh, we just... There's one who skateboards. Honestly, I'm not making that up. Uh, anyway, she always uh, messes up my name. Checking the medication that you're on. Avery, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. A pleasure, John. Jim, uh, now I don't oh feel now I don't feel bad <laughs> about it. Find out a little bit later on W five big show this weekend about the crypto king. Here she is apologizing on another show that she forgot my name and she calls me the wrong name. 
She's like, I was on Mike Richards' show, and I called him the wrong name. Mike Richards interviewed me the other day, and I said, thanks, John. And he was really offended, but it's only because I usually talk to you at 1010. Even when she's apologizing, she can't get my name right. So we'll find out if she can get my name right a little bit later on when we talk to her about this crypto king who duped duped people out of $40 million. He's a Canadian dude, and he's still on the lam. But right now. We bring you two immense talents who you can join on the iHeartTalk radio network uh, or on the app in Montreal. We have CJAD's talented Dan Laxer. Dan, thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure to be here, John. Uh, very well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Andrew Pinsent, CFRA's weekend morning guy. You can hear him from 6 until 11 on CFRA or on the uh, iHeart app. How are you, Andrew? I'm fantastic. I hope uh, now that I sometimes jokingly call you Jimothy, I hope you're not offended. No, not at all. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. close enough. Uh, Before we get to some serious stuff, this made me laugh. This is from yesterday. Buble is in Toronto. You guys for or against? I like hockey, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that... uh, Wait a second. (laughs) TSN isn't... TS, I like, I'm a company guy, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> if TSN has any of the coverage live, and I don't think that they do, uh, it is the best all-star game ever. They don't? It is the worst all-star game ever. I've just been informed they do not have the coverage live. Uh, but this is this is great. Um our, our friend, Michael Buble, he's not, okay. Uh, Michael Buble was talking about being a part of the celebrity game. Whenever there's an all-star game, there's a celebrity hockey game. And he keeps on going on and on and uh, on. Matt, I'm in more than one hockey league. So. Blah, 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 blah. He keeps uh, on going on to this point where he's like, and my friend gave me some, he said it was a small amount of mushrooms, but I am flying right now. This place in the FHL, other hockey, fantasy hockey league. Third, my buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms, and he was lying. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I thought I was in blades of glory for most of the time that I was out there. Until it sort of settled down, and then I realized, holy, I'm at the NHL All-Star Game. And then Will Arnett decided he had to be funny and interrupted him, which was something I would have just let him kept on going as long as he could. I don't know. There's no opinion on that, guys, but I just thought it was pretty lovable and adorable. And we're not promoting drugs here, but it's nice to see something. I, I thought it was pretty unique and pretty genuine. Yeah, well, I, I'm pretty. My guess is he probably wasn't really on mushrooms. The, I, you know, there isn't anything not to like about Michael Bublé aside from being a fantastic singer. Um, he is absolutely one of the funniest men in Canada. I didn't know he was that funny. Although, yeah. if anybody cares, I stayed at his condo in Vancouver during the 2010 um, Olympics. He let me stay at his condo during the Olympics. And that's when the premier of British Columbia gave me a ticket to the gold medal game. Nobody cares. Uh, Andrew, uh, how adorable is Michael Bublé? That's a way better story than I'll ever have. But no, absolutely, it feels very like Canadian, I don't know, innocent boy, right? As he's just like, I don't know, met with this. I, I like to think that it's true, just him having a little bit of fun. But yeah, Will Arnett obviously just like, yeah, Michael, for the kids at home. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I think it was kind of a funny clip. I actually didn't realize this had happened until uh, we were talking about it in the break. So I, I think it's a really funny moment. 
All right, uh, let's go to Montreal right now, where the premier has sworn. He used the S word, folks. Uh, This is the Quebec premier, uh, Legault. It's important for me because politics is tough. I make decisions that are not always supported by all the population. But one thing I cannot accept it is that we put in question my integrity. Uh, so he said the, uh, the S word. I, uh, Dan, was yeah. this a big deal? Because uh, first of all, I think authenticity. Second of all, I guess the scandal is that donors were promised access to ministers. But I don't know, is it more than 100 bucks? What are you going to do for 100 bucks? But thirdly, my thought is only speaking one language. And you guys, I don't know, I think both of you are bilingual. I didn't know that you, sw- I thought swearing you default <laughs> to your first language. So that's what that's my takeaway from it. But what's the takeaway in Quebec, Dan? Well, it's, it's like he's trying to show how good his English is. Like he could have, he could have, you know, uh, used exactly as you point out the the sort of the French church words that have become swear words. But no, he went to the English, you know. And what what bothered me about it is is uh, you know, Legault is one of the. Uh, one of the worst kinds of politicians, and he's pulling this thing that a lot of a lot of Quebec leaders have done, is that this this kind of uh, this 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 fake kind of indignation, like you're questioning my integrity, and you want to say, look, come off it. You know, there's stuff that goes on that you know about. You can, it's it's like a politician says, I didn't know about this. Give me a break. Um, so for him to go like to drop the s bomb and go up, but you can't you can't you know. Uh, come after my integrity. Yeah, you probably can. These are your people who are saying you want some time with me. Pay me a hundred bucks. Then we'll talk. I got to say, when I see people grinding and when I see the people who were the glue that held society together during COVID, I usually see new Canadians. And, uh, you know, we know the affordability crisis right now. Imagine coming to a country where everything is difficult and out of reach. That to me is new Canadians right now. I'm not sure how we look like the promised of the promised land. Uh, We see StatsCan with a report today, Dan, that many immigrants are leaving Canada within years of arriving. Yeah, it's a problematic story for me because it's it opens up by saying more than 15%. How much more than 15%? Let's say it's 20%. So that means like a whopping 80% don't decide to leave Canada. And then and then StatsCan breaks it down and then you start to realize that they're talking about the more upwardly mobile people who come here with a lot of money to either start a yeah. business or invest. And they probably do have uh, a larger planet hand. Let's just go to Canada for a bit. We'll invest in these stocks, or we'll open up this this business. We'll earn, uh, you know, whatever percentage profit over the next 10, 20 years. Then we'll go. Well, then we'll go back home or go somewhere else. But it's not talking about the regular everyday people. Those eighty percent who might come here, build a new life, and be perfectly happy here. Andrew. I think we have to think of this from like a North American perspective as well. If you're coming from, you know, another country, generally it is from the other side of this planet in the sense of um, what's best for you economically. And um, if we think about it kind of from that perspective, if Canada isn't paying enough to keep some very specialty workers that we need right now in terms of skilled labor and uh, even doctors, we've talked about that a lot. So it feels like Canada kind of has to do more to retain as many of these people as possible because there are going to be better economic opportunities in the United States. It's a 
an economy that's 10 times our population, right? So it's just kind of the reality of the situation. All right. When we come back here and we're with Dan Laxer from CJAD, you can hear him Sunday mornings at nine o'clock. And also Andrew Pinson. He's the host at CFRA on the weekends from six until 11. In a moment, letting children play sports like rugby and football within years, uh, sorry, uh, amounts to child abuse, says who? Next on the Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to News Talk Tonight with Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. It is the iHeartTalk Radio Network. Thank you very much for your time. Always appreciate it. Coming up in about 15 minutes here on News Talk tonight, we'll be joined by our friend Richard Krause with Does Richard Krause Love These Movies, where he tells us the three movies that are new in theaters, and we try to guess what he is going to give them. With Dan Laxer, who you can hear Sundays on the trivia show on CJAD at 9 a.m., and Andrew Pinsett, he's the host of CFRA's morning show from 6 to 11 on Saturdays and Sunday mornings on the iHeart app or in Ottawa on CFRA. So I wanted to touch upon something that seemed to be contrary to what we heard last week. Last week, I think the term was risky play for kids because kids are living in a bubble-wrapped world with helicopter parents. The uh, so A whole bunch of pediatricians signed off on, yeah, more risky play is needed. I wonder if that runs diametrically opposed to what we're hearing today, this out of the UK, where um, some scholars are saying letting children play rugby amounts to child abuse. Here in Canada, body checking doesn't start until you're later, uh, a little older anyway. And perhaps the same could be said about football in the United States. So I, I don't know that they necessarily counter each other, but do we think child abuse is a little strong? Let's start off with you, Andrew. Yeah, I think I think child abuse might be a little strong, but definitely as we've tried to cut down particularly on headshots in, in, in different sports, it's something that you definitely still question because obviously there's less protective equipment even in a game like football. But in defense of rugby, and I've never played rugby, but uh, I know people that do. In defense of rugby, the idea is to kind of take the the opponent down in terms of you know tackling around the waist. So they do take care to kind of avoid the head in many cases, but especially with young kids, right? Like, how can you take the risk? It's not like kids know how to tackle properly, right? So I think this and even uh, minor football definitely has to kind of take some more precautions to make sure we're not just, you know, giving kids head injuries at young ages because, you know, for what? At the end of the day. Yeah, I had a head injury when I was younger. I'm sure a lot of listeners will uh, think that it hasn't been rectified. Uh, but it was from playing soccer. I was a kid in Montreal and in practice, I know some people are going to laugh. Uh, I was taking a lot of balls to the head. I don't even know what they call it. A heading? A header. Uh, uh, yeah, heading the ball. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't talk properly after that. And uh, again, some people probably going, yeah, that hasn't changed. But uh, I went to the doctor and they were like, uh, can you sing your favorite song? And I would like the lyrics would be all over the place too. I was a kid. It was Bay City Rollers, Saturday Night Live. And I, I, was, and I was going, S-T-U-R-A- 
Z night. You know the way that that song yeah. starts. Is anybody? If you you have to be old S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. enough. S A T U R D A Y. Anyway, and, that, to call and that then my dad was rock. like, "No, he just doesn't know how to spell." We're not sure if this kid is broken <laughs> or not. Uh, anyway, I did have a concussion as a kid, and then my parents were like, "Go get another one." I continue to play hockey, <laughs> but uh, do you think that that's going too far? Um, yeah, well, I don't, I'm like Andrew. I don't think it's child abuse because the, the, the concept of abuse, um, it, it, it sort of assumes sort of a deliberate forcing someone into a situation. I don't think anyone's forcing their kids to play rugby. Um, that said, I wasn't sure how I felt until I read the part about how, you know, if we were to invent sports for kids starting now, we probably wouldn't come up with a sport like rugby with full head on contact. Mm. But these are sports that are traditional. They've been around for years. Um, and yeah, just as you point out, when kids play hockey, they're not allowed to body check till till you know later till they've grown a bit and matured and their bones are stronger. Um, but maybe there's a way that we can you know because rugby is one of those sports that that you know there's a lot of camaraderie involved and stuff. Yeah. Maybe there's a way that we can come up with versions of these sports that, like hockey, you know, they say you can't do this until you've had a pint or something. <laughs> I still think the, I still think the bigger concern is is football, right? Like the idea of the helmets, yeah. that helmet to helmet contact, and just jarring your brain. I still think that is a bigger concern than perhaps rugby should. Be. It's it's interesting you say that because listen, I don't know about the rules about rugby, but I mean, it looks like it can be pretty rough. Clearly, thank you, Captain Obvious. But I, I'm just wondering, they clearly because they're not wearing uniform, or sorry, yeah. uh, armor and padding have more of a respect for their opposition. But I, but I honestly don't know the injuries, if you can compare the amount of injuries they have in rugby versus the amount of injuries they have in football. Who knows? Maybe they're the same. Let's move along to an unfortunate story, but this might be how the conflict in Gaza conflict, the war in Gaza is playing out. The U.S. drops 125 bombs on 85 targets linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard in devastating airstrikes in Iraq and, sorry, yeah, in Iraq and Syria. Biden warns retaliation for a drone attack that killed three soldiers, injured 40, will continue after long-range bombers and drones hit the Middle East. Here he is earlier today. The helicopter in the background is a little distracting. I do hold them responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. I don't know. Some guy's yelling, uh, Adam, do you think Donald Trump should be on the ballot? Uh, I don't know, guys, that I, I don't know how you can say I'm not looking for a wider war. I mean, perhaps you're thinking yeah. that, hey, here's a warning. Don't get involved. But I'm not sure that that works that way, Andrew. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say was the, the White House keeps saying that it's not looking for a conflict in the uh, broader conflict in the Middle East, but it looks like it is definitely heading towards one. You kind of double take there, right? Iraq and Syria. It's one of those stories where you just wonder what year this is, right? Mm-hmm. Given the last uh, given the last two decades of kind of foreign diplomacy we have seen uh, and uh, U.S., I guess, uh, military strikes there. But uh, I think the U.S. probably has to respond when three of their U.S. soldiers are killed in, a, in an airstrike in Jordan as well. So, uh, you know, as much as you see it's justified or you can say it's justified, the, the, you're walking a fine line here with uh, not, you know, uh, waking up Iran in terms of a broader conflict. Dan? 
Yeah, it does something interesting for Biden, too. It, it, it situates him in that position of a tough, talk, tough talking president in the face of Republicans who say he's a lot less than that. He's basically saying the off chanted line, if you hit us, we will hit you back and we will hit you, hit you back hard. In a way, you know, you brought up Gaza. It kind of aligns America with Israel by saying that if you hit us, we will hit you back. We will hit you back hard. At the same time, it doesn't because they went out of their way to avoid uh, um unnecessary casualties. Um, and that's not the case. You know, we're seeing what upwards of 27,000 Palestinians killed. Um, so, but, but at the same time, it's sending a strong message. Um, we, we will, we won't have any patience um, for, for this kind of stuff in the Middle East anymore. And we're going to, we're going to show you that. Your right. reactions. What guys chime in, whoever can identify this sound effect first. Ding. What is it? What is, a, what is a Radio Shack transistor radio? Uh, yeah, it's dial turning, turning of the dial, because I yeah. think I'm about to venture into that. Are we sick of talking about uh, Taylor Swift? I am. Oh. I, I, I find I, it I, fascinating, I, just the reaction, but yeah, I can I, see how I'm tired of it. it. I'm really tired of it, but, you know. I was tired of it before it even started. If, if Fox, <laughs> I just, Fox News now with this um, this conspiracy I mean, uh, I yeah. don't know. Have you been sued recently where you almost lost a billion dollars that you had to give to a company because of voting machines? Uh, it's just ridiculous that they think that uh, Taylor Swift is part of this, you know, psyop that uh, the, it's a fix in for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And then in the celebration afterwards, it's not, hey, are you going to go to Disneyland? It's, hey, uh, she's going to go, hey, what are you going to do now? And she's going to yell something like, I'm going to vote for Biden. It's just yeah. it's like it's amazingly stupid, uh, Dan. So, yeah, American politics, especially where Trump is concerned and Taylor Swift. Those are the two topics I care almost nothing about wrapped up in a tiny little package. Um, and it, there we go. And, uh, you know, it's it's the type of thing I would have said I hate most about America except that we're seeing people argue about this here in Canada, too. Yeah. That said, the way they're taking aim the, on, the, on the right, the, the Republicans are taking aim at Taylor Swift, and by extension, the young people who love her is not only unconscionable, but I'm also willing to bet that among young voters, she could indeed hold some well, sway. Why would you want to wake those people up? Um, uh, and, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, thank you very well, much. Just, for... I've been kind of thinking about it a lot just because we've seen a lot of coverage, right? It's just... To me, I find it fascinating. It's just holding a mirror up to what we're seeing in terms of some of the U.S. political scene and what has dominated and what kind of leads the Republican Party right now. Right. So I find it fascinating that it's just a mirror of the conversation down there, that if you don't like the facts, you change them. Guys, have yeah. a great weekend. Thank you very much. Have some good shows Cheers. this weekend. I'm Cheers, Jim Richards. Guys. This is News Talk Tonight. News Talk Tonight is on with your host, Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Each and every week, Richard Krause lets us know about what's new in the theaters and streaming. It's called... Does Richard Krause love these movies? There's three movies that will be in your favorite theater and or streamer. He lets us know about them. But first, he's going to tell us about them. Then we're all going to try to guess what he's going to give these movies 
out of five. Does Richard Krauss love these movies? Richard, what's the first movie? In Argyle, a new action film from Kingsman director Matthew Vaughn, and now playing in theaters, a reclusive author of spy novels gets sucked into the covert actions of a real-life spy organization as the line between fiction and reality begins to blur. Oh my God, you're Ellie freaking Conway. Author of the Argyle series, Ellie Conway! I am such a fan. Oh yeah? What is it you do? Espionage. Would you sign my door? Who are these people? Real life spies. Why would they care about me? Because you're a damn fortune teller, Ellie. When you wrote your new book, actually happened, and you kicked a hornet's nest you didn't even know existed. Uh, I've seen this. I, I, um, listen, if they made the trailer and said, hey, can you make a trailer that will make nobody want to go see this movie? If that's what they did because they wanted to trick us all, I'm going to say Richard gives this two and a half. I don't know. It just it doesn't do it for me. Noah? I'm going to even go lower and say two. Two? Wow. Boo. Hey, it looks like a fun action movie of some kind. Sort of. Kind of. I'll give it what a What an endorsement. Course. Okay. Uh, what are you giving it? Three. I'll go three. I'll the go as high as three. Richard? A mix and match of Mission Impossible, the James Bond franchise, and buddy comedies, Argyle is a jumbled, confusing bit of semi-fun. Cartoonish and convoluted, the movie is stuffed with over-the-top spy action, a stacked A-listy cast, and a wisecracking scene-stealing performance from Sam Rockwell, but it never quite comes together. Loose ends strangle the story's forward motion, director Matthew Vaughn occasionally falls into the movie's deep plot holes, and there are so many twists not even chubby checker could keep up and that's why i gave argyle now playing in theaters two and a half stars out of five all right I, it's hard though as much as i uh, i agree with him because i gave it two and a half uh, sam rockwell i don't know that i could watch a movie as bad as it might be and not enjoy it because he's in it man that guy is so great richard what is the second movie tonight in Fitting In, a new coming-of-age comedy starring Maddie Ziegler and now playing in theaters, a teenager is diagnosed with a reproductive condition that upends her ability to have sex and her presumptions about womanhood and sexuality. I'm Jax. And I'm intersex. To own who you are is up to you. No one should ever make you feel ashamed of that. Oh, and I get mad dates too, so don't worry about that. I just want you to feel like a normal teenage girl. I'm not normal. Stop trying to fix everything. <laughs> I'm pissed and sad I can't have a kid. I'm pissed I can't complain about my period. Being 16 is just bloody hell, isn't it? Uh, well, I'm gonna let you unpack all of that. <laughs> Listen, as a 37-year-old person, I can't imagine growing up this day and age where things seem so complicated because of social media. Uh, on top of the issues that this one is dealing with, I'm going to say Richard gave it four. Tony? I'm going to stick with three, right down the middle. And Noah? I'm going to shoot low, two. Ooh, all right. Uh, it, it, it's dealing with a lot of things that society is dealing with right now. Richard, what do you, what do you uh, give it? 
Frank and Funny fitting in is being described as a tromedy, a portmanteau of trauma and comedy. Director Molly McGlynn certainly captures the struggle of the main character's situation, but does so with relatable humor. Much of that comes courtesy of star Maddie Ziegler, whose on-screen naturalness makes her an audience surrogate, guiding us through the ups and downs of her character's life. Much of fitting in works well, but at 106 minutes, the material overall feels stretched a bit too thin, and that's why I gave fitting in, now playing in theaters, three out of five stars. Three out of five stars. Okay, that one went to Tony. The movie, I don't know. I wouldn't want that movie out right now. I, what I mean by that is that it's such a contentious issue that I think a lot of people might stay away from it. But for so many people, that's probably a very, very important story to hear so they know that they are not alone. What is the third and final movie, Richard? The new Netflix documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop, details the January 1985 session that brought together music's biggest stars to record We Are the World. One, two. We are the world. We are the children. The greatest artists of a generation came together to save some lives. Must be in a dream, huh? Hello, hello. But we only had one night to get this right. Let's get this party started. You know, everyone having a great time, and then the reality of why we're here, you just kind of go, wow. It happened after the American Music Awards, so everybody was in town at the same time, and it was a night that Prince swept. Prince didn't bother showing up. Michael Jackson didn't want to be a part of it because he thought he would be overexposed. Waylon Jennings heard that Stevie Wonder wanted them to sing some Swahili. He left because of that. It sounds like a really interesting documentary. I think Richard Noah is going to give it four. What do you say? I'm going to say uh, three and a half. Tony? Noah took my three and a half, so I'm going to say... Take some time, Tony. Four and a half. All right. What, if, what, do, you, what do you have, Richard? The film begins with a straightforward setting of the scene that leads into the remarkable footage taken on the night of the recording as some of the most famous people in the world came together to learn and record a song while also shooting the music video that would accompany the release. It's here the documentary becomes something more than just an episode of I Love the 80s. The footage unveils the effort, the raw talent, and spirit of camaraderie among the legends who almost immediately become starstruck fans, asking their idols for autographs in between takes and expressing shyness about singing in front of music legends like Ray Charles and Bob Dylan. It is moving and inspirational, and that's why I gave The Greatest Night in Pop, now streaming on Netflix, Three and a half out of five stars. There you go. Uh, that sounds like a great one, man. It just reminds me of that Michael Jordan documentary. What did it take so long to make? This is the iHeart Talk Radio Network. I'm Jim Richards. 